Welcome to the Words Over Ice Show. Have a drink, whether glass mug or styrofoam. Get my best up to Ray, he's the right host. And Matt James on a sarcastic tightrope. Then there's Jason, full of opinions. Co-host with brains and the boldest intentions. Ali, that's the man making profits. Greg and Duke join us talking controversial topics. You know it get real in these interviews. We talk about it all when we bring a news. Rolling with the punches, a one-two combo. The Words Over Ice Show. Let's have a convo. All right, welcome back. I want to take a real quick second to thank everybody for listening. We broke the top 200 charts in iTunes, which is huge. So please keep spreading the word. Tell your friends and family to subscribe and make sure they're following us on Instagram, Facebook, which is at The Words Over Ice Show. So today we have Ali in the house. We are going to talk about sales and some techniques and how to get started. So hope you enjoy it. We'll jump right into it. I think think that was German, perhaps Dutch. <laughs> Welcome back, bro. To uh what are we gonna call it? The podcast playhouse. <laughs> How's that? The it's getting po- be- the po- is it getting podcast better? Playhouse? Yeah. That's better than Ray's boom boom room. <laughs> I'm writing that one down as a potential podcast playhouse. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's the first one I actually liked. Ooh. Yeah, man. The end by told you slowly but surely we throw some against the wall, they'll stick. Yeah, that was that's a good one. What's up, man? You haven't been on in a while. Yeah, I haven't been able to get up here. I just I don't like doing the um mic thing. You know, I'd rather be in person. Remote. You like you like being in the podcast playhouse. I get I like, it. I like the podcast cool. playhouse, bro. Yeah, it's got this cool ass painting of the, it's the rat, rat pack. It's the rat know? pack. You got Bob Marley behind you. Yeah, I got your Superman toys like on the desk and stuff. <laughs> you know, your little My Little Pony on the other desk. It's pretty cool. I don't see anything. Is that My Little right. Pony with the rainbow tail? Is that one you had since you were a kid, or is that like new? Oh, I don't know what you. I don't know what you're referring to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking around. I see no My Little Pony. Nothing. It is your playhouse, bro. Whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> so what's up, man? How's the new? I know you've been, kind of been entrenched in a new gig. Yeah, man, it's been good. Um, it's a, it, it's funny, man. When you when you're in like a sales job where you can get like you know commissions and bonuses, I just mm-hmm. there are certain times where you work like 12, 14 hours a day, and then you just kind of burn out. Yeah, and you just all of a sudden you're like, all right, I need to take care of me and do stuff for me, and um, and then you even back out, you know, it's just, it's a good balance. Yeah. Especially when you're, when you're starting a new position, Mm -hmm. it takes a lot up front. Yeah. It takes a lot of work, man. It takes a lot of time to build kind of the momentum and get your feet under you and figure out what you're doing. Yep. So I've been doing, um, for everyone listening, I know we've done a kind of a mini series on financial freedom. Uh, we're going to kind of spin off of that, do a little spin off with you and just talk about the sales aspect of it and actually dig into that. So you've been pretty successful. Um, so let's talk about like you, well, how'd you get into it? How'd you get into like your first sales job and why, why'd you even pursue that, that Avenue? You know, it's funny. I feel like any job I've been in, cause I was thinking about this. I feel like any job I've been in has like a sales aspect. Like even when I worked out of high school at like Taco Bell, I was always trying to you sell. To upsell the Chalupa? Yeah, you should upsell the, I was there before the Chalupa, bro. And the Gordita. I was way before all that. Whoa. That was a long time ago. But you you were always, they always told you to like, see if they wanted chips or whatever, the drink. Like yeah. you were always upselling. And then I went into retail and all that stuff. And you were always, always selling. And then when I was in personal training, you wouldn't think that'd be a sales job, but that was a sales job because you're selling 
the packages, then you're yeah. selling the supplements, and then you're selling all this. Like, so it was always kind of a sales thing. Everything sells if you think about sales, it. Yeah. Unless you're legit, like customer service. Yeah. I think what broke me the most into it was right before the personal training, right into college, I met these people that did a multi level marketing thing. Like a. Yeah, like an MLM. Okay. And uh, it was Excel, actually. It was the one with the cell phone service, the pagers, the home lines, all that stuff. And um, that really kind of changed my perspective of sales a lot. I remember I met this girl and she was cute. I was like, oh yeah, she's cute. I'll talk to her. She was like, pass me a flyer. And I was like, oh, she's hot. So she's like, what's your goal? I was like, I want to retire when I'm 30. And I was like, 19. You want to retire when you're 30? When I was 19, I was like, I want to retire when I'm 30. Clearly that didn't happen. <laughs> I'm well past 30. Yeah. But um, so we were talking and it was just, it was kind of like their, their practices of like talking to people and just going out there and like being uncomfortable talking to people was like a big thing for me you know, at that point in my life, um, Go, learning how to talk to people and to just like, you know, like well, not only that starting conversations out of thin air, like I wasn't, yeah. you're not in a store where someone's coming to you. Like, right. You have to go out there and start a relationship, gotcha. start something. You like know you're I mean? on the, you're on the street. Yeah. On the st- okay. In college or wherever you are, like right. you're starting that out of thin air. And I think that was really helpful for me. Um, that's tough. I had a, I had a similar, I did that because when I worked at, uh, I worked in one of the banks, the grocery stores that are inside of banks. Oh shit. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. Uh, in Chicago and you had to do, you had to work the aisles. You did. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. You had to go out in the aisle and you would have these gift certificates for the grocery store, you know, $20, $30, yep. whatever it was, but you'd have to go out and if I hated it. Yeah, because you have to bother people as they're looking for what kind of chicken they want. Or, hey, you want to open a checking account, sir? Yeah. Hey, I really like that cereal too. You want a checking account? But um, that was probably the sales job that I hated the most. You hated that one? Yeah, it was just it was a weird place to sell. Yeah, checking accounts. I get that, but I think it taught you a valuable like skill. It did. Because yeah. that thing from the MLM, I used that at 24 Hour Fitness when I was a personal trainer, mm-hmm. right? And I we used to have a book like it was called like Fit Appointments, like the what, intro. So people, right? who, sorry to interrupt you. For people who don't know, what is MLM? MLM is multi level marketing. Like okay. you got your Amways, your Excels, your what triangle. Was it now? Yeah, the the pyramid kind of it's kind of pyramidy. Um, what are the good ones now? I don't remember the names of the ones now. There was Quickstar. There was. What's the hot one right now that does like Forex? I don't even know what you're talking about. I M L L I don't know. So anyway, it's when someone signs you up to do a service and you sell that service to like your friends, your family, mm-hmm. and you sign them up to do the same thing you're doing. And then you kind of, you gain money off the more, you money, the more you yeah. sell, the more you make. Exactly. Right. Um, so I took those skills and I actually did really well at it. I signed up like a bunch of people like in like within like a week, like I signed up the most people, like it was pretty much like a record, like the most people in that first week. Cause I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I don't want to work ever again. I'm retired at 30. I'm out. Um, but I took that skill over to 24 hour fitness and what people would be like doing their cardio or when I knew they wouldn't move. Like I'm like, they can't move. They're doing cardio. Like I wasn't that trainer that was going to go up to you when you were like doing a chest press or something like that and interrupt mm-hmm. you. But you're on the cardio. You're not moving. Right. You're not going anywhere for like 20 minutes. So I'd sit there and talk to them and get appointments out of it that way. So people jogging on the treadmill, you'd be talking to them? Not if they looked like they were going to die. 
If there is if a, like, a light like jug. Taking a little easy, like more of a bike or something, or you know, the recumbent bike yeah. or like the elliptical. If it was yeah. a treadmill and you were like running, I wasn't fucking with you. But <laughs> if you were just kind of chilling on it, I was like, our stairmaster, I'm like, hey, what's going on? Like, you just start talking to him. And yeah. that's kind of like similar to like your whole like hunting down the bread owl thing at your last, that, that position you were talking about. Uh-huh. It's very similar to that where you kind of create a relationship conversation out of nothing. Okay. I used to like talk about like their shirt. Like, I'm like, oh, Coca Cola. I love Coca Cola. Like, I remember when they had a cherry Coke. That was the best thing ever. Like, do you remember back in the day, like growing up, they would make cherry Coke in the restaurant because they didn't sell cherry Coke? Yeah, grenadine. Yeah. Yeah. So like Ray's shirt is a Coca-Cola shirt. So that's something that I used to do. And I still kind of do it actually. Like if I have a client sit down, like if they're wearing something, I have a book or something like that, I'll kind of talk about it with them. It's a good way to relate. Yeah, you want to relate. And that's I think that's the biggest part about sales is building a relationship because if you have a good relationship... And you like, they can see you're like a good person, like trustworthy and you sell them on you. They'll buy the product from you. Yeah. I've sold the clients where I have a higher priced product and they buy it from me because they want to stay with me. Yeah. I mean, that happens a lot. And I think, I think that's when I try to explain sales to people and a lot of people say, I don't like to say I'm, I'm not a salesperson. Yeah. I'm not, I'm like, but you are because you're not in the, and what I hear a lot is I don't like to push products. Yeah. But you don't have to. Yeah. True. You really don't have to push it. You have it's your, it, nowadays. Maybe back in the '60s, maybe that's how it was. You're selling mm-hmm. vacuums and shit, but door to door vacuums and knives. But now it's it really is. I think I think the percentage is like 84 percent of sales in the U.S. come from either referrals or word, you know and word of mouth. Yeah, 84 percent. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not that cold call or it's not that person you don't know that you get the sales from. It's, it's somebody that knows you mm-hmm. who likes, and they sell from you. you. They have to trust you. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, that's how I try to sell, sell sales to someone. Um, but it can be a very intimidating thing for a lot of people. Yeah. I, I, uh, when I was a manager, I had someone that told me they didn't like selling and it bugged the hell out of me. Cause this was like my district manager. Like I want you to hire this person uh-huh. as a salesperson. And I was like, no. And they told you they don't like selling. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, no. <laughs> and that was my thing. When someone says they don't like selling, I'm like, well, have you ever been on a date? Yeah. Well, you sold that person on going on a date with you. Right. If you ever had a boyfriend or girlfriend, you sold them on a relationship. Like you're always selling something. Yeah. You sold me on, or I sold you on me coming up to your playhouse the podcast playhouse <laughs> you're always selling something like you've sold something whether you know it or not mm-hmm. whether you sold that professor into giving you extra credit or whatever the story is you always have sold something in your life at some point and it's just more of a confidence game and you know that it's confidence like if you have confidence in yourself yeah confidence confidence comes with knowledge and oh. preparation yep and that's you know i was listening to this podcast um and i think that was one of the biggest things i took away from this podcast i was listening to before was they were saying a sales mistake is people not people expecting to make a ton of money, like a business professional, but uh-huh. not training for it. It's kind of like if like Steph Curry was like going out there and not training at all, no practice, nothing. He yeah, just he's like, I'm going to be shots. the MVP. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to be the MVP. It's like, well, you don't practice at all. Right. <laughs> That's not true. LeBron practices all the time. Kobe practices all the time. Like they all practiced all the time. Like even Kobe yeah. Bryant would work out at 3 a.m. in the morning yeah. And then go to pra- and then go to practice and mm-hmm. then work out again. And if you look at these athletes, like you can follow LeBron's Instagram story. He's always working out. He's always doing things because that's him practicing. Yeah. So when people go to work from nine to five, 
jack off on Instagram for like an hour or whatever they're doing. And then don't try to like learn or harness their craft a little bit. It's like, well, what do you expect? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm not getting paid what you guys are getting paid. It's like, well, you're not doing anything. Right. You're not working. That's a, a common theme for our financial freedom is I see, and it kind of alludes to what you just said. I see a lot of people in their position and they don't, you don't give it your all. And a lot of people, you have that excuse. Like, I don't, I don't make what you're making or mm-hmm. I don't like what I'm doing. And you use it the opposite way. If you don't like what you're doing, use it as motivation to get out and work harder. Like yeah. I, I've done that a few times. I've yeah. been in positions like the grocery store position. Yep. I did not. I hated. I loathed that job. <laughs> I did. The only part that I liked was that I got free lunch from, <laughs> from the deli. That was the only part I looked forward to every single day. Did you get the discount on your Lucky Charms? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was free. I used to get it for free. So they used to feed us for free. That was the only part of the job that I liked. But I used it instead of sitting there and like, all right, I'm not going to. I'm going to check out and just sit here and clock in and out. I'm going to work harder so I can get the hell out of here. Yeah. I think if people did that more, you're going to see like a much different result Yeah. than, you know, sitting there at nine to five and you're just going to end up in the same spot, turning your wheels. Yeah. So sales, like I want to get into like the, the grit of it and, and how you become successful. And for those, I mean, a, like the first thing I tell everyone is that you just have to do, you have to, like, you just have to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And a lot of people that you can use the excuse. I don't, I'm not comfortable or I don't know the product. And you know, it's like, you're, you're not going to, and if you're not overnight going to know what you're doing, but you have to, you just have to go and you just have to start doing it. Right. But what are some tips like for you? What are some, some best practices that you can give you know, some, some advice as someone who's just starting in, in sales. My biggest one is goal setting. Like, okay. I feel like you have to set a goal. So just an example, and I'm just going to throw out numbers and stuff. My goal, I had a goal where I wanted to book 15 million, right? Mm-hmm. So everything around me had a 15 in it. All my passwords on my computer to get log in and stuff had a 15 million in it. I had 15s on my whiteboards. I had 15s on my sticky in front of the computer. There was 15s everywhere. I was like obsessed with this number, right? Uh-huh. Because I knew if I got that number, it would get me a certain amount of money to get me what I wanted. Right. So the whole thing is set a goal and then kind of go backwards from it. So if I said, okay, 15, what's going to take me to get there? What would it take me to get 15 million? So I'd have to go backwards. Okay. It's going to take X amount of calls, X amount of appointments, this size loan, you know, so that whole entire like mindset of just having it in front of you and kind of just committing to it, you know, and it doesn't have to be that number where you have your own goals. Like, right. It just depends on how you set it up. So goal setting to me is huge. huge. Do you recommend long-term goals or how do you break up your goals? Do you do like, I want to do 15 million in a month, three months for the year. And it doesn't have to be that number, but how do you, in your mind, how do you set up your goals? So I have a large number, so it was 15, but then I broke 15 down. Mm-hmm. So it was like 15 has to be broken out into like, let's say 4 million a month, right? So okay. that 4 million a month is over the four months. So that gives me 16, but mm-hmm. that'll help me hit 15, right? Right. So if I do that 4 million, what do I need to get that 4 million? Okay, let's say I need eight applications at 500,000 each to get me to 4 million. But that means how many, how many apps do I actually need? So you'd have to find out your run rate. Uh-huh. So you probably need double the amount of apps to make sure those go through. Right. You know, and hopefully a lot of those get pushed over. And then that breaks into how many phone calls do I need to make? How many visits do I need to make? Like it just, it breaks down. Like you just have to break it down, but you also have to see what that's going to get you. 
You know what I mean? Like it's a sales funnel. Yeah. But also you got to like, what's the goal? Like, what do you want that for? Like, do you want that to buy a new suit? That's expensive as fuck. Do you want mm-hmm. that for a trip? Do you want that to for a down payment? Do you want that for a car? Like you gotta have to commit to it. Like, what does that feel like? What does that look like? Like, what do you want? Like one, what's one thing you really want? I want to buy a house. Okay. <laughs> what does that look like? Well, if I want to buy a house, I need this much down payment. Okay. So how do you get that? Well, this is the goal. Okay, that's your goal. So you need to do fifteen million to get the down payment for your house, right? Yeah. So work backwards. What's that feel like? Where's the house going to be? How many bedrooms? Where is it going to be? Like, what building is it in? Like, mm-hmm. how much property is it? What state is it in? Like, what is it? Okay, this is. So have a tangible is. goal. Have a tangible goal. Yeah. Unless it's something like a little more narcissistic, like a Lamborghini. You know, like I want a Lamborghini. <laughs> okay. Cool. I mean, it could even be. It, it can be tangible. And I, I know for some people, it's like I just want to be number one. Yep. In my position. Yep. That's a goal. Yep. And it's different things. It's, I mean, for different people, it's going to be different things that motivate you. Yep. But I do understand setting that goal. Um, like my motivation has always been that is to be yep. the number one, you know, in, in my position. Yeah, bro. You're crushing it too. Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And it's. Bro, you're crushing it. You're being modest. You're <laughs> well, crushing it. Well, thank you. But. Yeah, my motivation is to be number one and to be number one by a long shot, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and to set up going, you're right, man, you have to have, a, you have to have a sales funnel. That's one of the, there's a lot of tricks and, and things that people throw up on the wall and say in, in sales classes and sales training. And a lot of it's bullshit, yep. honestly, but what you'll hear a lot is the sales funnel. And that's one that you, you really do. It's a contact sport. Mm-hmm. Sales is a contact sport. Mm-hmm. The more people you touch, the more you talk to, mm-hmm. the better you're going to be. Yep. And, and, and there's a caveat to that. Like you can't just call a bunch of people. Like it's gotta be quality touches. Yep. You know what I mean? So a lot of people will come back and say, Hey, you know, I made 200 calls and got nothing. I'm like, all right. So out of that 200 calls, how many people did you talk to? You probably, I think what's the percentage? Like you talked to 10% or 20% yeah, or something low. like that. Uh-huh. And then out of that 10%, you're probably going to get 1% to actually have a conversation with you. Yep. So for, if you made a hundred calls, you might, you might have one or two people mm-hmm. that you can realistically throw into your pipeline of working prospects. Yep. Right. And then, and that's what it is, man. You get, you have to build up this pipeline of working prospects. Yep. And then, and, and there's a bunch of steps after that. Like a big one to me is follow up. Yep. Fortunes in the follow up. Yep. Yep. Fortune is, in, and that's a lot of what, there's another statistic, a, a percentage, I think it's 27% of people quit mm-hmm. after the first phone call in sales. Yep. yep, That's a big number. There was something like, <clears throat> that takes 80% of people to commit after t- like it, t- two weeks of follow-up on most people. So if you had that first phone call and they say no, mm-hmm. like, you just missed. They're going to say no. Yeah. They're going to, everyone's going to say no. Like no one's going to buy it right away. Unless they like, know you. Yeah. It's like you're starting a cold conversation. Yeah. Like, why would they trust you? As far as you know, they you can get their social security number on the phone and apply for like that Disney visa that you want. You know what I mean? Like whatever. <laughs> and like, you, and you got to be weary. And this is, this is something I learned too. You have to be weary and not get too excited when you do get that. Cause you are going to get people who say, yeah, let's do it. Yep. Normally, those aren't the best clients or the most qualified people. Oh my god! Bro. Oh my god, man! No, I, we both have stories. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh my god! And I tell people, like, oh, I just got a hot lead. I'm like, all right, temp, like, temper your excitement because normally, if it's that, it, sometimes it's too good to be true, right? Yeah. And a lot of times, those are the people like, if they're a little bit too eager to 
to, you know, to buy down what you're selling, there's probably a good reason for it. Maybe because they're getting turned down everywhere else or they, or, if you're or they're in, oblivious. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. Or they got shit credit and like, yeah, you know, I, and it depends what you're selling obviously. Yeah. But so, and yeah, I mean, most, most sales happen in that six to eight range of touches. Right. So after yep. the sixth, seventh or eighth time, you actually speak to someone. Yep. And like, I'm not that guy that'll call you every single day. Cause that's annoying. Yeah. I'm more of a, I might shoot you an email and then give you a follow up call in like a couple weeks, whatever. Like I'm not, I'm not like, Oh, I'm in your face unless you need to buy the place right away. Mm-hmm. But I, I was just a funny story that you reminded me of with the, the credit thing. I had this guy that was like, Oh yeah. It's like, I want to, I want to do this. It's $2 million. I was like, sweet. <laughs> cool dude has a bunch of businesses I'm like all right awesome this, this is like on your on a this first is recent call? no this is in person you just met him like, like this guy in person yeah okay and uh it was, he owns a bunch of businesses like all this stuff and i'm like cool comes in with his tax returns like uh, 20 tax returns that i have to break down mm-hmm. like all right i think I, I found a way to make this work how's your credit though oh my credit's good i was like do you have any debts no no debts you don't have any debts no car loans no credit cards like no, I mean, yeah, just minimal. Look like cool. Pull the guy's credit. He's got about eighty thousand dollars in credit card debt. He's like, oh, but those are on zero percent. I'm like, oh. <laughs> two car loans. One he co-signed for someone else. Yeah, and then two mortgages because one is his ex-wife's and then one is his. I'm like, hold on a second, man. You told me you have no debt for low You got debt for two people. Yeah, and I'm like. <laughs> This is throwing your numbers off because yeah. I'm trying to calculate his debt to income. So people don't know that that's your debt, your monthly debt number over your income. That's going to give you a percentage mm-hmm. that most like product guidelines follow. And it's never a hundred percent. It's usually 50% <laughs> or less. Right. So just to give you an example, if you make $10,000 a month, the most debt you can have every month is $5,000 a month. And this guy had well over that. It wasn't his numbers, but he was like nowhere near. I was like, dude, yeah. you got like a hundred percent debt income, bro. What's going on over here? <laughs> so every dollar he gets, it's going out the back door. I Somebody's couldn't believe it. And then, he, and then he was mad at me. I'm like, why are you mad at me? Like, I, I didn't tell you to co-sign for people. And that's the other thing. Everyone thinks their credit is good. Oh yeah, everyone thinks their credit's good, and they think they're millionaires. <laughs> I was like, wait a second, man. You really, uh, you're really stretching the truth. That was that was a shocker for me. I was like, are you kidding me? Cause I talked to the guy for weeks. Yeah, Cause it takes a long time to break down twenty tax returns. I talked to the guy for yeah, weeks, dude. and uh, that's a lot of work. I was just, I was really, really confused. I was like, oh man. So, so you have goal setting. You've got follow up. Follow up's huge. I follow up is probably one of my number one. It's gigantic. It's huge, and and I and I tell people all the time because I train people yep. a lot, and they. And they always ask me, you know, how do you do it? How are you so good for, good on the phone? I'm like, I'm good on the phone because I'm comfortable. I'm like, and you're going to get there. I'm comfortable and I know what I'm talking about, so I'm not afraid of questions they're going to ask. And, and, I, and if I take myself back to when I first started, I think that's why a lot of people are uncomfortable on a phone. Yep. It's because you're afraid they're going to ask something that you don't know how to answer. Yep. And you're going to look stupid, right? And that's, I mean, that's me at least when I first started. But you just kind of got to jump in head first. And the, and the more you do it, the more comfortable you get. Yep. So people ask me, you know, how are you? So how do you get, you know, leads and stuff? I'm like, I, I'm like very, very rarely do I, and like I just said, very rarely do I get a, a hot lead off of a call that I'm making. Yep. And if I do, I'm very weary of it. Yeah. Right. So I say, I, when I call people, I'm not calling to make a sale right then and there. I'm calling to build my rapport Yep. and I'm, I'm pulling something from that conversation, whether it's 
a uh, an email address, whether it's an okay to call them back, say, all right, cool. is it okay if I call you back in a month or whatever yep. it is, right? Depending on what you're selling, it's going to be different time frames. Yep. Um, I'm coming away with something. I'm coming away with an acknowledgement that they know who I am and they're you know, acknowledging that, yes, I'm giving you this piece of information. I'm giving you the okay to call me back, yep. right? So then you got to make sure you do it. It's a slow drip. You're planting the seed, yep. you know, so, yep. so you have that. So you have it at the end. So it's a slow drip and I make sure and I tell everyone it's constant contact. Like I've had people that I've contacted. I think the, the longest time I've ever went where I've called someone, I called them. I went back and like, uh, I counted, I think it was 11 or 12 times I called and left voicemail. I never even talked to the person, Yep. left voicemails. It was over a three year span. Right. Yep. And out of nowhere, this person calls me and says, Hey, you know, you left me a voicemail a few times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and literally like, they're like, you left me a voicemail a few times and you know, now I'm, I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the market. Yep. What do you have? Let's talk. And, and that's what it is. And the guy like has a connection to you now versus yeah, he knows person, my voice Yeah, versus the person he sees on a billboard. Uh-huh. I was like, Oh, I know Ray's been hitting me up for a little while. And that's the thing. People want to do business with someone they know, whether it's an introduction or not. And people you know, appreciate like, call them and people appreciate even if when they don't acknowledge you or, or like I said, the dude never even picked up his phone, Yep. never picked up his phone, but heard, but he heard all of my voicemails. So those don't go, yeah. you know, they don't just get lost in space. They do hear them. They might ignore them because they might not need you at the time, Yep. but he heard me so much. And he, and he even told me, he's like, I appreciate you. He's like, it's been a few years. I haven't even answered a call, but you kept calling me. Yeah. So I have this opportunity. You see, and he even said, I'm not saying I'm going to go with you, but he gave me the opportunity to listen to what he had, what he had going on. Yep. It's it's funny, man, because um, you know I switched companies last year mm-hmm. after being with one for like twelve years, and um, so you like I do mortgages. So when you you have a client that buys a place, you don't think, yeah, they're going to buy a place again soon, right? That's not in your head. You're like, oh, I just sold them a place. Like, you know, yeah, the mortgage, they're good. So. I, I always keep touch with my clients. I always either call them or email them or at least at least keep them on an email chain like I send once a quarter, right? Mm-hmm. The last two months, I've had multiple clients contact me because of phone calls that I give them just to say what's up, letting them know I moved companies or the emails I send them. And, it, and it's people that have bought places recently that had no idea wanted to upgrade. And I'm like, whoa, like it's just... It, it, and it's the follow-up. It's just making sure you're following up. Even like some of them had bad experiences originally, like in the first deal. Yeah. Came back and I was like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> but I'm like, cool. Like, you know, because they know you. They yeah. trust you. Like, well, yeah. you got it done. And exactly. So, and sometimes sales isn't clean. You know, deals aren't always clean and no. easy. No, no. And it's not, like it's, your, it's not like it's your fault either. Like, you know, it's like, it's things that you can't control that aren't clean, but you, you find it. A well, you're the mouthpiece. You you're, you're the buffer. And yep. if you're dealing with... Ali and I, in, in our, in our situations, we deal with underwriters and we yep. deal with mortgages and things like that. Yep. And it's different for every position, but in, in our, in our case, you have to be, and in anything, right? There's a user, there's you, and then there's the business or whatever product you're selling. And you have to be, and it's not always going to be smooth. Yep. Something might go wrong. It could be, you'd be a fucking Girl Scout, yep. right? And someone can order 30 boxes of cookies and you only have 20, you know, and you put in the order and they already paid you and only 20 come in. Like you have to be that buffer. And although it's a bad situation, you have to somehow find a way yep. for them to still at least like you and trust you. Yep. So, I mean, 
How do you how do you go about doing that? Like if you have a bad situation, what are what are some things people can do to to kind of like smooth smooth that out for a client? Communication is huge. Yeah. Just be upfront. Like, yeah. like this is the situation. This is what I'm trying to do for you. And this mm-hmm. is how we're gonna go about it. You know, you have to set expectations. Yep. I had a client from the start, I set expectations that as soon as I saw their tax returns and realized that they were playing a little game and not being completely <laughs> honest, I was like, listen, this is what I'm concerned about. This yeah. is where I can see it being an issue. Cause so so I do mortgages, so I take everything in, I send it to an underwriter and they review everything. An underwriter reviews everything to make sure that the client fits guidelines. Right. Right? They fit the guidelines, they get the deal. If they don't, there's a little more work to do, right? So you should set the expectation up front that this may be an issue. This client was actually a, a kind of a minor celebrity and there was issues. And I told them, these are the issues I see. Mm-hmm. And that sure enough, I said, listen, this is the issue. We may need X, Y, Z document right. very soon. Cause this could be an issue. Mm-hmm. So what happened in a couple weeks XYZ document we did not have yet, and that was becoming an issue. Right. So the underwriter was, or the client was upset because they had to get this document. It's like, well, I told you two weeks ago, you need to get this document. Mm-hmm. I gave you two weeks to get it. You know, you give them time to get it, you set it up, it becomes an issue. The client was upset. He was like swearing, yelling, sending mean emails. Yeah. C- came in and he's like, hey, man, I'm really sorry. I know you do your best for me, blah, blah, blah. Just real apologetic. He's like, I know it's not you. Yeah. You know, I appreciate your communication. And that's what it is. You just have to communicate. Like, even if it's bad news, be like, listen, this is not going to work. Just be upfront. Don't string them along. Don't ghost them. Like, just tell them. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing is, and as you get into your craft more, like, you know, like, you know, when you see a deal, if it's going to work or not, pretty much. And you can predict yeah. what the issues are going to be. Yeah. Just be upfront. Be like, listen, this is what I see a problem being, you know? That goes back to knowing what the hell you're doing, too. Practice. Yeah. Practice. Pra- like, not practice. like Alan Iverson's practice. <laughs> We talk in practice. We talk in practice. Um, knowledge. So, so perfecting what you're doing, perfecting your craft, training. Yep. Continuously learning. You've got to train. If you're doing nine to five, it doesn't work no. until you get to like maybe like you probably you work more than nine to five. You know, hour hour wise. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. You, yeah, yeah. you work more than nine to five. It's not like oh, I'm gonna go nine to five. It, it doesn't work like that. If you're in sales, it's not like that. Like that has to be your identity. Like what you yeah, are as a yeah. salesperson is your identity. Like if people don't know I do mortgage, I get upset at myself. If I see some, I saw a friend post, they just bought a house, a close friend. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh man, I was like, congratulations. Like, yeah, I used, uh, you know, the company I was with. And I was like, what? <laughs> and, you didn't and call he, me? Bro, he used Brandon. Oh. <laughs> the office next to me. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, he used my, he's like, I didn't know you do mortgages. I was like, uh, oh man. That's your fault. That was my fault. Yeah. So. so I'm saying it has to be, and that was a wake up call for me. I was like, that's my fault that he didn't know. Yeah. So that's like your identity. And don't be embarrassed that you sell shoes at Foot Locker. Like, that's your identity. That's how you get better at things. And the days of nine to five are over. Unless, unless you're yeah. like in a retail environment and those are your store hours. If you're in a sales position, the nine to five is like, I've heard, I've heard, uh, I was talking to a buddy who was hiring for, for some sales positions. Yep. He's like, man, you won't believe the shit I'm hearing out there. Oh my God. He's like, you know, he's like, someone told me I can't wait to, you know, to get back into this field because, you know, I just, I just want to get when I'm, when it's five o'clock, I just, I'm, you know, I'm done at five. And he's like, no, you're not fucking done at five. He's like, you know, he's like, that's not, 
you can't do that. Like a sales, you are, you are that position. You have to be, especially this day and age where, where people expect like immediate gratification and immediate yeah. reciprocation when they, when they call, cause it texts everything's so fast now. Everything. Everything. Like I tell my clients to say, listen, you can call me whenever you want. Mm-hmm. You can call me. I've had clients where I talk to them at 10, 11 o'clock at night on a Friday. Yeah. On a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Because their hours are it's so unconventional now. Everybody works crazy hours. Yep. So you're nine to five. If that's what you want, like if that's all you want to do might not fit what they, you're going to lose a bunch of sales and a bunch of leads yep. because those people can't talk to you in yeah. from nine to five. Yeah. I talked to a client last night at nine o'clock at night. Yeah. Last weekend, I talked to a client and like <clears throat> I was working for a client all last weekend, Saturday and Sunday, like dealing with a bunch of stuff. And the client was in London. Yeah. So we had to coordinate times to talk, you know, it's just, and that's sales. Like if you want to, if you want to do well at sales, you have to do those things you don't want to do. Yeah. Especially when you're starting. And even after like, bro, I've seen you go through like two promotions already. Mm-hmm. Right. And I know what that took to get there, you know, cause I could see it. Like I saw you come in and I'd hear you doing stuff. You know what I mean? You see the work that you have to do. So if people think it's just nine to five, you walk in and walk out, that's, sales is not the job for you. No. Go sell shoes and Foot Locker because <laughs> you get to leave. Yeah. Like at five o'clock, you're out. You're like, I'm out. You might have to work Memorial Day, but <laughs> Yeah, but if you, you re- if you really want, and this goes, this ties right back into that financial freedom. Like if you want financial freedom, yep. you've got to be willing to do yeah. More than, than what you're expected to in that a lot of time. And am I, if you work in a corporation, yes. You know, if your hours for the corporation are probably nine to five, but you yourself, you have to be available. And that goes back to, to rapport, right? Because you build rapport with somebody. If they know they can call you at nine o'clock at night, that's a, yep. that's huge for them. Cause they, they yep. now start think of, thinking of you. Like everyone calls me buddy. My clients call me buddy. Yep. Like they talk to me. Oh, buddy. Yeah, buddy boy. Buddy? <laughs> buddy what's up, boy. Buddy? <laughs> no what's up but like they they stop they you, that like wall drops you know yep. what i mean yep. and you become they start trusting you and they're like all right this is now someone i can confide in and they like i have i have very candid conversations with my clients and very transparent conversations with them now mm-hmm. where they literally they say listen this is my issue, you know, like help yep. me out. I don't, yep. I don't know your world like you do yep. the finance world. Yep. And I'll sit down and say, all right. And I'll talk to him. Even if it doesn't benefit me, Yep. I'll talk to him and I'll give him advice. Yeah. Like I tell my clients and I, I think I might've mentioned this to you at some point, but I tell my clients not to look on Google about mortgages. Call me. I want to be your Google for mortgage. You call me and ask me the questions. Right. Because even though you're looking at Google, it's not everything you need to know. Like mm-hmm. it's very bare. It's <clears throat> the surface of yeah. what you need to know. There's a lot more that goes into mortgage lending. And then on your side, there's like a ton of stuff that goes into it. I, I was in the same, like similar industry years ago. And I just remember that being a completely different animal with longer cycles. Like deals took forever to do on your side. Yeah. And it's just, so you have to know, yeah, you have to know a lot and it's very intricate. Mm -hmm. Um, So you look online, you'll see some things, but surprise, surprise, the internet does not teach you everything you need to know. Nope, it doesn't. And to, to backpedal into when we were talking about being knowledgeable about what your product, um, like what you do for seeing issues is huge. Foreseeing problems is huge because you can drag a client through the mud 
Oh my God. If you yeah. don't, if yeah. you don't know what you're doing up front or if you're not completely, and, and do me a favor, everybody, don't be that guy that, that prom, guy or girl who promises everything. Yeah, I can do that for you without even knowing if you can or not. That's the worst fucking salesperson I know. No one can see me when I'm shaking my head because <laughs> that happens all the time in my industry. I'm like, dude, no one can do that. Yeah, no, I hear it all the time. Oh, well, you know, this person at this other place told me they can do something. No, no, you can't fucking do that. I'm like, they're just saying, I'm like, have they even looked at your, in my position, right? I look at financials. Have they even looked at your financials? No. I'm like, then how do they know what they can do for you? Exactly. And they say, can you do this? And I tell them, I said, structurally or conceptually? Yes. But can I do it for you? I'm like, I have no idea. I haven't looked at, I don't, I don't know if you qualify. I don't. I'm not going to tell you I can. If I, if I know I like, well, I'm going to shove my foot in my mouth like that. And I hear that all the fucking time. Yep. That salespeople are like, they, you guys promise and promise, you promise the fucking world and yep. you can't deliver yeah. just because you're desperate for a deal and you don't give a shit. And that's not giving a shit about your client. You're not caring. Yeah. And you know what that does? You lose people. You're going to become a one transaction person. Yep. You're going to be a one and done guy. Even if you get it done, right? Mm-hmm. The amount of people, the amount of people I've, I've lost and then come back around and help because they've appreciated how upfront I've been with yep. them. Yeah. It's a lot of my business. Yeah. A lot of it. Or they'll tell somebody else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's your reputation. Yep. And there's no client that pays you better than a return client. Right. Cause they'll come back and then they bring your friends and their friends and mm-hmm. that pays you a lot. If you don't have a good relationship, start building them. Yeah. I was talking to one of my cousins. I actually had, I like really yelled at him over the phone cause he's pissing me <laughs> off. Because he's been in this industry and he doesn't have repeat customers. And I was like, bro, you need to build relationships with people. You have to stop thinking, hey, they can't do anything for me. I want nothing to do with them. I've had clients follow me from the gym when I was a personal trainer into the banking side, into the mortgage side, Mm -hmm. because I've built those relationships. Sure, I follow them on Facebook or LinkedIn or I text them on their birthday or whatever it is. Like I keep in touch. You know what I mean? Like That's important. Just keep in touch with someone. It's huge. And it's, it's, it's just, it's annoying. Because you just see different, especially nowadays when you see salespeople nowadays. Yeah. I won't buy something if I really want it and someone doesn't sell it. I was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. I like just leave. Yeah. I've done that. I'll just buy it online. I'm like, fuck you. I'm just going to buy it online and do my own thing. I've done that. Yeah. I walked out of a car dealership before I got the Tesla. Uh-huh. I was pissed. I was like, fuck this place. Because <laughs> no, one, no one sold me on I was like, get the fuck out of here. And I just left. Yeah. And I, I've I'm, had that happen I'm many times. I'm still upset times. about that. I'm like, dude, like you should just. I've had it happen many times where I can be, anyway, it can be even fucking food. Like, I'm just like, dude, if you're not like, you're yeah. not, you're not the only, especially now, everything's in abundance. Like you can get yeah. anything anywhere. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't have to buy from you. Yep. There's a million of you. Yep. There's a million of like, I can go on this site, that site, yeah. there's apps. You can buy shit from app, like apps and online yep. and, you know, offer up and all this shit. Like you can get everything everywhere. Yep. If you're going to be an asshole. Like, I'm not like, why, why am I going to go deal with someone like that when I can get it somewhere else with, with good customer service? You know, it was funny. Um, a few years ago when I bought a car, the guy was trying to sell me on um, gap insurance and I was wearing my nice watch and like all that stuff. Uh-huh. And I usually go to the car dealerships or dress like I'm wearing gym clothes. Cause I don't want someone to try to like upsell me. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to sell me the gap insurance. I was like, no, I'm good. He's like, so let me get it straight. You're wearing a Rolex and you can't afford gap insurance. Oof. And I was like, <laughs> no, you didn't sell me on the gap insurance. So I'm not buying the gap insurance. Yeah. And the guy just kind of looked at me, took my paperwork and walked out of the office. <laughs> so what do you want from me? Sell me on it. Like yeah. I have no problem spending the money if you can sell me on it. Yeah. Lazy. 
And I think another important like message, especially if you're getting into sales, is just realize you're going to hear no a lot. A ton. And keep in mind, <laughs> a lot. keep in mind when you go out to ask that pretty girl out or that guy out or whatever, you hear no a lot, uh-huh. but you don't stop. Right. You keep trying. You know, like you keep like sending them a message or sliding in their DM or buying them a drink <laughs> or whatever it is. Like, you know, like you're going to hear like, yeah. no, I'm not interested. Persistence. Persistence. Not in like a creepy way, but you know, in, in the right channels. <laughs> not the every day. Like I have a rule. I do a, if, if it's a brand new cold client. Yep. Right. I'll call. Yep. I'll set a follow up for two weeks, then a month, then two months. I just double. I just keep doubling it. Yep. And yep. I just follow up. Yeah. And I just keep following up. Yep. Unless, unless I get a hold of you and then there's something we need to talk about, then that changes. But if I'm, if I'm leaving messages, I just keep doubling it until I hit um, four months and then I just do it every four months. Boom, boom, boom. Yep. Right. Even the, my current clients. And I, and another thing is set, organize yourself, set, set up, use a, some kind of a program or your calendar or something to remind you to do shit. Otherwise you're going to, you're going to forget. Yep. Right. And everyone, and I made that mistake early on is like, Oh, I'll remember. No. Right. But the thing is, <laughs> no. as you get maybe in the beginning, you can, because you don't have much going on you have yeah. one or two or three deals and you can remember all that yep. shit. But as you start getting deals and your pipeline is growing and you've got a ton of shit, you're gonna, like, if you don't have notes and a system to remind you to do shit, yep. you're going to forget hundred percent. You yep. will forget shit and you will lose deals and you'll lose money yep. and your pockets will be lighter because of it. Yep. I have a notepad next to me every day at work that I add notes to when something comes up, pops in my head. I'm like, Oh, I got to call that guy. Oh, I got to send uh, that email. Look, look fucking around you in, yeah. in the podcast playhouse. <laughs> There's notepads everywhere. There's notepads and pieces of paper with yep. scribble everywhere around here. Yep. I got shit pinned to the board. I've got a whiteboard. I've got literally just scribble everywhere. Yep. Because I'm constantly like, if I'm constantly writing shit down, always. Yeah, I think um, one of the other things I do that kind of flows into this is I make sure I kind of time block, okay, throughout the day. Um, and I have so like I'll do a time block, and we kind of talked about this a little bit. Uh-huh. I'll time block out, and this is what one of my old managers taught me. I'll go through my whole day and put out when I go to the gym, breakfast, commute to work, follow up emails you know, follow up with this, like everything, like lunch break, everything is blocked out. Emails, like cold calls, I'll have everything blocked out for the day. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean I have to do that, but it gives me something to do. So when I get sidetracked, yeah, I know I owe that 20 minutes because I took away from that cold call time. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I also like the notes, I add those in my time block, follow up with XYZ, you know, make sure you call John, make sure you email like Dan, like whatever it is, everything is like lined up for me. Okay. So I think that's important to kind of, especially when you're getting started to yeah, get into a rhythm. It gets, you, it gets you on a path. Yeah. Especially when you get busy, when you get busy, you're going to appreciate a time block. Yeah. That, that is one of my, it's one of my weaknesses. Yeah. Is, <laughs> and people, <laughs> and my, my, my mentor now tells me that all the time. Cause he, my mentor is super, super organized, like legitimately like to the hour knows what he's doing. Who's your mentor, right? <laughs> I'm not going to mention Mi- his Mr. name Miyagi? on here. <laughs> Mr. Miyagi. my mentor. <laughs> wax on, wax off. Daniel-san. Um, I tend to, I tend to let, and this is one of my weaknesses that I work on and I've, I've gotten better with writing down and, and using, using the tools that you have like calendars and reminders mm-hmm. and shit like that. Um, and I've gotten a lot better at it, but in the beginning in particular, and this is why I harp on this because I was a victim of it, of getting 
just having a tornado of shit going on and not yeah. having an organization. And you, 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 you get sloppy, your work slips, even if you don't, you don't intend to do it. You just, you start forgetting things and it, it affects your, your overall just work, everything in, in, in your whole product. It affects yeah. it because you're forgetting shit and things are now like two days later. Oh shit. I forgot to do that. Yeah. I forgot to call that person yep. back and now two days are gone. You know what I mean? And that, yep. and that, that can mean a sale. That's money. Yeah. That's your money. Don't mm -hmm. give your money up for taking sloppy notes. No. All right. So let's recap. Cause we're going to, we're going to wrap this one up, but we'll do a part two. So what did we touch on? We touched on goal setting, goal setting. Yep. Um, follow up, which follow is big, huge, huge. Uh, what else did we touch on? Time blocking. Cock blocking? Time blocking. <laughs> Not cock blocking. <laughs> oh, cock blocking. Um, time blocking. Time blocking. Um, what else? Knowledge, right? Knowing your product in yep. and out. Yep. Um, anything else? That's that was it. That was the that was the, the plan, bro. All right. Well, we'll write those down. Those are good ones. Those are really good ones. But we will follow up with everyone. Thank you for coming to the podcast Playhouse. <laughs> the Playhouse, bro. <laughs> Until next time, brother. Thank you. Thanks, bro. You think that was cool? All right. Thank you to everybody listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Please leave that five-star review if you did. Make sure you head it over to our website and it has everything on there, our shows, our links to all social media and all that good stuff. It's wordsovericeshow.com. If you have anything for me, email me at ray at wordsovericeshow.com. Thanks again. We'll talk to you next time.